What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another show at Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. We cover the Big 12 Conference every day, every week, every month. And we've been doing this now for the better part of a decade. Uh, thanks for being here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Bang the thumbs up on the video. And, of course, on the podcast, subscribe as well. So I wanted to start off by ranking the Big 12 Bowl games from worst to first. They start this weekend. We're going to give you picks, previews, predictions for all the games. Don't worry, I'm going to have that for you. But as we get closer, an inch closer towards the game, I figure, you know what? Let me just have some fun. Let's rank the bowl games from worst to first. And then we'll talk about some of the biggest storylines in the Big 12 Conference this week. So uh, the worst Big 12 bowl game, I hate to break it to you, it is the Independence Bowl between Texas Tech and Cal. Sorry, Red Raiders fans, but you know what? When you go 6-6, six and six, it's not an enticing game. There's not a lot of juice, and that's the worst bowl game in the Big 12. This is like watching paint dry, and this is a Red Raiders team some of us thought would be competing at the top of the Big 12. Instead, they barely get the bowl eligibility, and their season is ending against a team that is unwatchable for the most part in Cal. And I say that because their own fans won't watch them. Look at a Cal football game lately. Marshawn Lynch last year was trying to figure out where all the Cal fans went. So there's just not a lot of juice there, and uh, there won't be for this game coming up this weekend. Sorry. Next up, as we rank the Big 12 Bowl games from worst to first, the Gasparilla Bowl, UCF and Georgia Tech. Um, I'm happy that UCF is in a bowl game. Let me just start off there. I think it's great. They had a late season surge. They had some brutal early season losses, a lot of close losses as well. Baylor, Oklahoma come to mind. But this team is more than worthy of being in a bowl game. So credit to them. Good job by UCF getting there. And I'm just fired up to see this team because I want to learn more of these young guys too. I think UCF is a potential sleeping giant in this conference when it goes to 16 teams next year. So since they are, I want to see them in that bowl game where you get to see some of the guys who could end up being and playing big roles next season. And that's why I'm excited to see what the Knights are all about in this game and if there's young guys that maybe show up that are going to be making their names household names next season. so uh, But it still is not an overly compelling game. Uh, they're the only new member of the Big 12 to make a bowl game, so that's pretty cool to see in year one. And now what you got to do for the Big 12, you know the deal, UCF. You get to a Big 12 bowl game, let's go win it, baby. Do it for the conference. Next up, as we rank uh, the Big 12 bowl games from worst to first, Guaranteed rate ball, Kansas UNLV. You know, Kansas played an epic bowl game last year. It was one of the all-time great bowl games. Maybe this one could be that one. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sitting here overly impressed with it, but maybe it can be. But when you're playing UNLV, you know, this isn't basketball in the early 90s. I'm kind of like, okay, they played like a couple of good teams all year. They got crushed by Michigan 35-7, and uh, they lost to Boise State by 24 points. I'm not going to sit here and do cartwheels about this game. Kansas should win it. They should take care of business, and I'm not overly impressed with this matchup. 
So I've got the guaranteed rate bowl next up. And that game is going to be in Phoenix, by the way. So it might be worth the trip if you haven't been down there. Get out of the cold weather if you're a KU fan. But eh, outside of that, not a lot of juice to this one. So that's next up on the list. After that, as we um, move towards the top half of Big 12 Bowl games, I've got the Liberty Bowl between Iowa State and Memphis. Now, I know Iowa State fans aren't jazzed about this. You guys were in the Liberty Bowl recently. It's Memphis. It's a group of five school. You want to play a power five team. I get it. You know, that's where the program's at. If you're an Iowa State fan, by the way, you should realize what you're doing. Not a bad way, not in a bad, you know, but this is where the program is, where you can now complain about the fact that you're only going to the Liberty Bowl and you are stuck playing a group of five team in a bowl game. Like, that's a that's kind of a pinch yourself moment if you're a longtime diehard Iowa State fan where you're not just doing cartwheels because you got to a bowl game. You're literally complaining because you go into a bowl game you've been to in the last few years and you're playing a program out of the group of five, not the power five. So, like, that's pretty good when you think about it. If you're a Iowa State fan. So let's just realize that for a second. But I get it. Like, I don't want to go to Memphis. I do it once. I'm not sure I'm going to do it twice. Uh, I'm a hard pass on it if I'm an Iowa State fan and I was just there a few years ago. So it's it's not what you were hoping for, I understand. But um, I'm sure plenty are going to make the trip down and I'm sure Memphis will be out of Bud Light by the end of the weekend. That much I'm certain of. Next up, as we count down... Uh, the Big 12 Bowl games from worst to first. The Dukes-Mayo Bowl, that's next up on the list. Uh, part of this is because Drake May is not playing for UNC. A dude's probably going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. We expected this, but still, he didn't announce it until the last few days. And if he had played, I would have loved to have seen, this game would have been higher because I would have loved to have seen the West Virginia defense going up against a guy who's probably, forget a top five pick, he's probably a top three pick in the NFL draft based on where things stand right now. So that would have been a great test for West Virginia, and it would have been a lot of fun to watch Drake May go up against the Mountaineers and, you know, see how they perform as a defense against a guy who's going to the NFL next season and will be one of the best and top picks in the draft. But we're not going to get that matchup. So it's not as appealing. It's not as enticing. And that's what you got to watch more than anything in these bowl games. It's not just who's going to the NFL draft, but heck, who's in the transfer portal? Who's not even going to be there come next year, right? So that's unfortunately part of the game right now. It's part of college football. I could go on a whole rant, and maybe I will, about how college football has to change the calendar. They've got to change the schedule. Because, by the way, if you're a dude who's got NIL money, you're basically on a contract and you're getting a bail out of the bowl games, I don't think that's cool. If you're getting NIL money to play football for the season, I think you should play the whole season, which includes the bowl game. But, you know, now the transfer portal is decimating these rosters to the point where, you know, some of these teams, they're going to be playing guys that have zero experience in these bowl games, which is fine because many of them are exhibition games. But still, it, it, it's... It's all screwed up. This sport is, I love it to death, but it is royally screwed up right now. So uh, that game is next up on my list of worst to first when it comes to Big 12 bowl games. And heck, 
I want to see Neil Brown get a bucket of mayo dumped on his head. That's the only way that Neil Brown's season can end. Neil Brown's season must end with a bowl of mayonnaise dumped over his big old head. That's what I want. <laughs> I just I want to see it so bad for him, for the team. So let's try to make that happen. Uh, next up, as we count them down, the Texas Bowl, Oklahoma State and A&M. Now listen, any time a Big 12 team gets a shot at the Aggies, it's one of those things where you got to be intrigued by it. And I am, and we all should be. But of course, it's a weird year because AM just fired Jimbo Fisher. We know, you know, they're going through a coaching staff change. Mike Elko's down there. Heck, Colin Klein's now down there as the OC. So we understand that this is not, I don't want to say a typical AM year because typical for AM is pretty mediocre, and that's what they were again this year, in fairness. I mean, it's a mediocre football program, it has been for a generation. Anyone trying to tell you otherwise is living on another planet, like most of Texags and the guys on those message boards. They don't live on planet Earth. They live on planet Aggie, and that planet doesn't believe in like the real world. They just don't. But it's still AM. I still want any Big 12 to team to beat the absolute piss out of AM, so I'm excited about that and fired up for that. But it just doesn't have the juice because of what AM has gone through. That being said, I don't want to lose this game either as a Big 12 guy. I don't want to hear about, you know, from AM fans, oh, wow, we beat one of your teams that reached the Big 12 championship and we just fired our head coach, Hardy Har Har. Yeah, and you're paying them $80 million to sit at home, you knuckleheads. Have fun with that. Unbelievable. You guys are a joke. So I really don't want to lose this game. Um, and that's what kind of, I hate going into a game being like, if we win it, and I say we as the Big 12 and as Big 12 fans, if we win it, it's more like, whew, dodge the bullet. But if we lose it, it's like, oh man, we're gonna, we're not going to hear the end of this thing forever. Mediocre A&M beats Oklahoma State team that reached the Big 12 championship. So, but, you know, from that perspective, Big 12 school versus A&M is always intriguing. Texas Bowl is always usually a pretty good game. I just want to see the Cowboys hang a half a hundo on the Aggies in that one. Next up, the uh, Pop-Tarts Bowl. Kansas State and NC State. Top 25 matchup here. Uh, you know, this game, too, is the start of the Avery Johnson era for Kansas State. It's been a tumultuous few weeks. We know that. Uh, for Kansas State, losing Colin Klein. They got the most guys in the transfer portal. Um, what does that mean? How's that going to play out? All these different questions. I get it, but it's the start of the Avery Johnson era, and you get a solid top 25 opponent in NC State. So I'm fired up for it. I think it's going to be outstanding. I'm not a big Pop-Tarts guy, but, uh, you know, Maybe we got to do something fun for it. There's going to be an edible mascot on hand in Orlando. It's a great road trip for those of you in Kansas at this time of year. So I, that one's got potential. But I saw the flights from Kansas City to Orlando. Not that I was going, but I did look up the flights from Kansas City to Orlando for K-State fans. I hope Santa's good to you this year. I'll just put it that way because it ain't going to be a cheap trip. It's not. Next up, as we count down the Big 12 Bowl games, the Alamo Bowl is next up. Oklahoma and Arizona. 
you get an outgoing Big 12 school against an incoming Big 12 school. That storyline alone is pretty cool. And on top of that, you know, Oklahoma now is starting the Jackson Arnold era. Dylan Gabriel's gone. He's off to Oregon. So you're going to have a situation now where we're going to get a look at what exactly the future holds for Oklahoma. And I think Oklahoma's taking a risk going with Jackson Arnold. Basically what OU decided is we don't want to pay both guys. That's the name of the game. Brent Venables believes that he can go ahead and have Jackson Arnold ready for 2024. That's a big gamble in your first year in the SEC. But listen, they're in the room with the guy every day. They see what he's capable of. They know what he can do. I just know this much. If I'm OU, I'd feel better going into SEC play next year with Dylan Gabriel. Unless Oregon just threw so much stupid money at him that OU couldn't compete, but I can't imagine OU would not have been able to keep its own quarterback if it wanted to. I I, I just can't envision that. Could be wrong, but I can't envision that. But either way, we're going to figure out if the Jackson Arnold era is going to be an offseason of drama or if it's going to be an offseason of, damn, this kid's the real deal, and Dylan who? And then Arizona. I mean, you know, the Arizona Wildcats are coming off a great season. And, and Jed Fish, their head coach, is a guy that a lot of people, I think, still across college football are overlooking. And I'm excited about them coming to the Big 12. I mean, they can be a team that, that is in that top tier in this league next season. They had a very good year. I mean, let's not let's not forget this. The kind of year they had was not the kind of year that really anybody expected for the most part outside of that program. Their losses, Mississippi State, Washington, USC. And by the way, Arizona lost those three games by a combined 16 points. Uh, that's pretty damn good. So... All in all, um, that, that game has a lot of potential. I'm very into it. And then, of course, the number one game in the Big 12 Conference for the bowl season is the obvious one. Sugar Bowl, college football playoff semifinal, Texas, Washington, 3v2, and the Longhorns are finally back in to the national championship conversation. It's been 15 years almost. Uh, they're back in the mix. I think they have a great chance against Washington, but it's a fascinating game. And it is going to be, um, I think, toughest test of the year for Washington out of the Pac-12. Uh, this is going to be a gem of a game. Uh, these two semifinals in general can be combined two great semifinals. We had two really good games last year, but this can be right up there as well. So, I can't wait. It's going to be a really good game. Both these teams deserve to be there, and it's going to be a heck of a college football playoff matchup between these two. So that's my rankings from worst to first for the Big 12 Bowl games this year. A um, couple of things I do want to touch on, and then I'll get some of your commentary as well. I see those comments on YouTube Live and Facebook Live coming in. Um. But I want to just mention this real briefly. I know this doesn't matter to many of you because it's not a fan event. But Big 12 Media Days for football, which is when, you know, players and coaches and everybody else are out 
hanging out, having a good time, getting to interview people, get a feel for the team, get a feel for the players. <coughs> Excuse me. That has been in Dallas for years. It is now moving to Las Vegas for the next couple of years per Brett McMurphy because of scheduling conflicts at AT&T Stadium in Arlington where the Cowboys play. Now, I think this is a mistake. Why the only goal of media days should be to make it as convenient as possible to get as many media people there as you can. That's the only purpose of media days. It's not a fan event. It's not a a fan experience. Now, maybe the Big 12 is going to try to turn it into that, but it's never what media days is. It's just like a media thing. And that's not me saying, oh, yeah, we're high and mighty media. I mean, we're a bunch of numbskulls. I'm not saying we deserve any kind of special treatment. I don't want any special treatment. I don't want Vegas. But here's why it's a mistake. Vegas is, yes, a cool idea. If you want to have a uh, a Big 12 tournament there once every 10 years for some sport or rotate it in for certain sport championship events. That's cool. But the only goal of a media event should be to figure out how to get as many media people there as possible. And I'm telling you right now, Vegas is cool, but it's not going to be the draw the Big 12 thinks it's going to be. It's not. I mean, first off, most national college football writers are in the Eastern time zone or the Central time zone. Like, not many are in the Western time zone. At least not many of the Big 12 should care about. So you're adding cost and travel to this event. That means less media will show up. And if you're competing against the Big 10 and the SEC for eyeballs, you want as much media there as you can possibly get. How many media guys are based in Dallas for national publications right in their backyard? I've already seen guys say on social media, geez, I love going to Big 12 media days. I'm not going this year. Can't go. On top of that, you're giving up the hub that is Dallas-Fort Worth and ceding more ground in that region to the SEC. So that doesn't make any sense whatsoever for the Big 12 to be going down that road. Um, you've got to lock down that part of the country. That is Big 12 country. And by the way, the SEC is going to be doing its Media Days event in Dallas at the Omni Hotel downtown. So the SEC is going right into your backyard, if you're the Big 12, and basically telling you to shove it. And the Big 12 running to Vegas where they're going to get less media coverage and forget it if they're going to go up against SEC media days. I mean, that is a death wish. That makes absolutely no sense to go up against SEC media days, knowing all the national writers are going to be there and then go, I mean, hundreds of miles away from where most of the big 12 schools are. I don't understand it. And I love the leadership group in the Big 12. You guys know that. You guys know how I feel about the folks who run the Big 12 from Brett Yormark on down. They have been a godsend for this league. They understand, for the most part, this conference. <clears throat> They've made a couple mistakes, but listen, they're human beings. We're all going to make mistakes. But this one, I, I just can't figure out. I can't. So I'm trying to... Somewhat understand it. 
I want to understand it, but my gut reaction as I do this show this week is I simply don't. I'm just not getting it. Now, for the transfer portal, um, let me touch on this for a few minutes because the transfer portal has got a lot of people freaking out, and it's got me freaked out too. I think it's completely out of control. But there's one team in particular that has gotten hammered in the transfer portal, and that's Kansas State. And there's a lot of talk about how, well, Kansas State has got to ante up. The boosters don't want to pay. There's something wrong at Kansas State. I don't think that's it at all. I think this is actually a very unique problem at Kansas State. Kansas State, and as a credit to Chris Kleiman and the program, they are taking guys who are under-recruited, JUCOs, two, three-star guys, they're turning them into studs in the Big 12, and then they're going to the SEC or the Big 10 and getting the payday. And I hate that for K-State. I hate that for the Big 12. I hate that for college football. That's where the game is right now, and it's got to change. It's not that I don't think guys should make money, but this model is broken. You see, OU lost its starting center this week. No one saw it coming. No one expected it. Oklahoma lost its starting center, freshman dude. And it caught the entire program off guard. Caden Green. I mean, coaches, everybody was stunned by it, according to reports. It is a weird, nasty, crazy game right now. But for Kansas State, it's a testament to the program, is what it is. It tells me that Kansas State football is a place that coaches are looking for players. They know that there is talent at Kansas State. They also know, in the SEC and the Big Ten, they have deeper pockets than Kansas State. So that's in large part what you have going on here. Now, I I think the game is nuts. I think the fact that, you know, as one of you are saying here, this is Lot. Pay for plays against the rules. I have no sympathy for boosters who spend a lot of money for a player to go to appearances when there's no guarantee they have to play a single down for that school. I'm not saying I have any sympathy for the boosters. But listen, if you want to feel the team, a competitive team, this is where the game is at. I know it was intended to be about, hey, now Bob Smith can go do a car dealership ad and get paid some money for it. That's, of course, not what it's about. You've got quarterbacks making $1 to $2 million a year. I want guys to make money. I just also think there have to be better guardrails here. One, I wouldn't let you transfer in conference without sitting out a year. If you're going to transfer in the conference, you sit out a year. Sorry, that's how it should be. Top of that, you play in the bowl game. This whole thing about how we're not even at the bowl games and guys are bailing, I think is ridiculous. Open up the portal after the season ends, after the national championship is played. You have a month until signing day in February. Bump that back a couple of weeks if you have to. And then you've got spring football coming up in March. This is not difficult. But the NCAA has no backbone anymore. It's completely worthless. Um, It completely lost itself. So now it's just a free-for-all. Everyone's an agent. Everyone's an NIL expert. It's a mess. And it need, the calendar needs to change, and the guardrails need to change. The tampering is out of control right now in college football with NIL. I mean, and it's not just the small guys getting hit. Oklahoma is getting hit. 
OU is losing its starting center that nobody saw coming. That's a tampering deal. Don't kid yourself. You think the freshman OU center just woke up this week and was like, you know, I'm going to hit the portal, man. No. I guarantee you that there was some form of tampering. That's what's happening here in the sport. And not that it hasn't happened before, but there's got to be a way to put guardrails on this because it's just getting out of control. Whether it's some kind of contract like pro sports, let's make it like pro sports. You can sign a one-year deal or you can guarantee yourself more money with a two- or three-year deal. But guess what? you got to go by the contract. That's how the world works. I go by it in the media industry. Pro sports goes by it. But in college football, it's like every year's a one-year deal. You rip it up at the end of the year. You don't have to play in the bowl game. And it's just crazy. It is just absolutely crazy. On YouTube Live, Chief Till says, Pete, good to see that Texas sign with the horns up. Hey, man, I'm a man of my word, okay? That's it. I'm a man of my word, and uh, I told you I would flip the horn sign up. If they won the Big 12, they did. I'll give you a horns up. How'd I do? I'll give you a double horns up. How am I doing? Do I do a good horns up? You guys all think I hate Texas. Hey, I'm going to pull for them to win the Natty this year. They're still a Big 12 team. I'm a Big 12 guy. So uh, it's all good, man. I'm, I'm pulling for you guys. We're having some fun this season here at Heartland College Sports. Hey, um, if you could, hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet on YouTube and on the podcast. Hit the thumbs up as well. That helps this show tremendously. And if you haven't yet, join our message boards. They're free on the website, heartlandcollegesports.com. Click on the members forum tab at the top and you will be in for a great conversation with other Big 12 fans without all the trolls. Just smart, cool Big 12 fans. We're having a good time. We appreciate you guys. And um, we can't wait to talk to you soon here on the show. So join us, subscribe, never miss an episode, and we'll be talking to you soon. Take care. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is where you find us each and every day. We'll talk to you there.